I am testing my shit to also make sure it's not fucked. Will Andrea test her shit? I'll test my shit. Are, are we, How's we gonna, my shit? We're going to be like that? We're going to be quiet tonight or are we going to be loud? Uh, I'm not going to be loud. Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello, and welcome to episode six. Is that right? This show is going to be called Tech, but it's not tech like we've been riding the tech, nar, brah. It's like technical difficulties. Like, I'm a 90-year-old techno idiot trapped in a 33-year-old's body that, oddly enough, works with computers like 40 hours a week for my real job and i still don't know how to computer very well so well i mean those programs you use are i think engineered so that the lay person are you going to choose violence (laughs) are you going to choose violence for the second time today (laughs) i think they're engineered so that the lay person has an easy time dealing with them i think you've chosen violence so earlier today andrea chose violence (laughs) So her parents Matt's came out. Matt's being dramatic. Andrea's parents came out to visit. They dropped off a bunch of cool stuff. One of the cool things they brought out was an anvil, a literal anvil. Um, also, Andrea got a bunch of new tires today. What does new tires have anything to do with anything? Well, what's important is Andrea got new tires because she got a new truck. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Right. Talk about the anvil now. So she ordered new tires, and I was like, huh, I'm really curious what these tires weigh, because, I don't know, dude stuff. I'm just like, what do these tires weigh? And if you're curious, they're BF Goodrich, TAKO2s, and 275s, 7017s. Come on now. And they weigh, on average, about 55 pounds apiece. And I was like, cool, I've got my scale out right now. And I'm like, hey, huh, I wonder what this anvil weighs that Andrea's dad brought us. So I grabbed this anvil, and I put this anvil on the scale, and I'm like, huh, it weighs 100 pounds. And Andrea comes home, and she's making dinner because we had a miscommunication earlier, as often happens in life, and she thought that I was defrosting something for dinner, and I thought that she was defrosting something for dinner, and it turned out we had nothing defrosted for dinner, and I found out much too late because we had another domestic emergency here at the house where (laughs) a large piece of cardboard found its way into our washer, which made a gigantic mess. With with a mouse. With a dead mouse. It's terrible. I think the mouse rode this box. It was like a box of rubber gloves for cleaning. And I think the mouse rode the box of gloves into the washing machine from the shelf above the washing machine. And then I just dumped the clothes on top of it and just sent it. (laughs) Well, so... Uh, did the, did the I mouse like, come out nice and clean? Um, you know, it cleaned some of the hair off um, all the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get that reaction very often from Kenny. <laughs> so where I'm going, though, is I like weighed this anvil, and I'm telling Andrea, I'm like, She's like cooking dinner, and I'm like, do you know how much your tires weigh? She's like, I don't have a clue, and I'm like, 55 pounds a piece. She's like, huh, that seems like, I'm not surprised, tires. right? That's a tire weight. Big old knobby tires. And I was like, how much do you think that anvil weighs? She's like, I don't know. I haven't picked it up. Maybe 75 pounds? And I was like, 101. And this bitch, <laughs> I'm sitting on the floor in the kitchen, 
She's cooking. I mean, I sit in the floor a lot. Like, I don't know. I'm a large human. Uh, chairs don't really fit me that well. I like sitting in the floor. It's really comfortable. Anyways, she looks at me and with this little, like, cunt-ass smirk <laughs> and, like, a little bit of side-ass, she's like, and you picked it up? <laughs> and it's like, out of all the things that she could have chosen right then, oh, that's neat, or wow, that's heavier than I thought, or... Huh, we could use that for like exercises in the off season. No, she goes, and you pick that up. Oh, I didn't think your weak ass could pick that up. I didn't say that. You implied it, you fucking fuck. I'm, all right. I, I'm sorry, my laugh clips sometimes. It's okay. It doesn't clipping. sound that bad when I'm editing. It's fine. I'm clipping because I'm trying to. I, I had a long day today. Um, yep. Yeah, at the uh, at the real job, it was real busy today, and uh, I worked a long time. I worked a lot more than I normally would, and um, I I'm really blown out right now. Um, I talked a lot today. You so. know, that's a good segue into letting everyone know that we now have a just riding along PayPal. Uh, that you can, that of course I didn't write down so I could just say it out loud here on the show. But if you go to justwritingalongshow.com and click on the link support the show, you will see the link for PayPal and you will see the link for Patreon. So if you're afraid of commitment or you're just not a Patreon member, you don't want to sign up for another thing, whatever, you can just do a one-time donation now on PayPal. I think you should check that tonight because someone asked me about that and said, sick, or like, cool, great to know. So I'm fairly certain that someone's probably already sent money to the PayPal, but uh, I'm looking it up right now. The most comfortable place for me to record is also the worst place for internet in my house. So it's at Just Riding a Long Show on PayPal. So there you go. Yep. Are we going to do like, let's do this while we're talking about this. Let's go through everyone that has given $10 or more. Yeah. So our patrons. All right. So I'm going to do first names only because I don't know what you're comfortable with. So Will, another Will, Ty, Phil, not to be confused with Will or the other Will, Nick, Mountain Bike Radio, Lead Out Sports, Jenny, Jeff, Jamie, Jake, Garrett. Ah, oh, Garrett's great. He's been doing all those fun animations and, and pictures that you've seen. Kenny, did you see the, the ass hatchet one? That one's my favorite. I don't think I've seen that one. Who made the I corn think dog I, in I the only, full face? Yeah. That's I only, Garrett. Yeah, I, I sent him the corn dog in the full face. Um, we'll send you that in just a moment. I'll have to like grab my phone in a minute. Um, Evan, Brad, Bill, Anthony, Alec, Aaron, and then we get into the $20 ones. Troy. Michael, Jeff, Jeff with a J, and then Jeff with a G, Brady, and that that rounds us out. So, let's see. That covers that. Uh, are we gonna do like questions first, or are we no, gonna? No, we'll we'll do some uh, some some like what's what new? have you? Yeah, what, what's, what's happening? New with, what's new with Kenny? Nothing new with Kenny. I've been riding my motorcycle a lot. It's a lot of fun. Have you done any sketchy jumps with it? Done some jumps. No sketchy jumps. Just a very tame tabletop. Uh, that we built in a uh, a side yard. It's a lot of fun. We have a bobcat. 
so we can do redneck things. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> of course, Kenny has a fucking bobcat. I don't own the bobcat. Um, my company has a bobcat. <laughs> well, in some ways, isn't that better? Because then if there's bobcat problems, it's not your problems, technically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, financially. Yeah, it is a bike shop bobcat. So yeah. Why would a cool. bike shop need a? Wait bobcat? a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is a bike shop bobcat like the cousin of a bike shop cougar? Like that old lady that comes in the bike shop and tries to pick up the bike mechanics while she's going through a divorce? It is a very similar thing. <laughs> cool. Because I've. That's her daughter. Holy I'm still bummed, Matt. I'm still bummed, Matt. You didn't go to that lady's house that offered you the wine. Uh, you know what? It's such a better story. So for those of you that don't know, we had a customer walk into the store one time, and she was like, I'm new to town. I'm going through a divorce. Like, not smooth. And I was like, oh. she's I, like, Yeah, I mean, I was there. She's a little awkward. Hold on. Hold on. She might be a listener now. She may have came around. She's probably came. Um, anyways, <laughs> like she's like, hey, I heard that you sell bikes for people, and I really need help selling this bike because I'm going through a divorce. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Or I just went through a divorce. It's like, cool, I'll sell your bike. I sold her bike, and it wasn't worth very much. It was like a $600 mountain bike. It was like a Jekyll or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like an old 26-inch Jekyll. And then the dude who bought it brought it in because he stripped the uh, the lefty bolt out not, trying to remove it. Not my problem. I know. Like, you buy a bike on Craigslist, you don't get the same amount of care and education that you do when you buy a bike from the bike shop. Like, sorry. We're not going to I mean, I fixed it. it. I tapped that shit. Jesus Christ. Okay, so she comes in, and I'm just like, yeah, like, I'll write you a check, like, whatever. Like, just whatever. I'll sell your bike for you. Just write you. I was like, do you have PayPal? She's like, no. I was like, okay, I'll write you a check. I wrote her a check, and she comes by to pick it up, and I'm like, yeah, here's your check. No problem. She's like, thanks for selling my bike for me. And she, like, all but then, like, looks down and, like, reads a smudged ink note in her hand. It was not that bad. And she's like, I got you a bottle of wine, but I forgot it at my house. And this is what makes this story the best. I'm, like, 23 years old, right? (laughs) Maybe 24. I I can narrow it down to one of those years based on where I was standing and what year that bike shop was in existence. And I literally looked at her. And somehow, rather than getting a raging erection, as a normal 24-year-old would, I looked at her and said, oh, not a problem. I'm here all week. (laughs) And if I had gone to her house and got that bottle of wine, here we are nine years later. I wouldn't have a story that makes me chuckle so many times. And, And I'll go... I have one other similar story. There was a young Wait, lady. can I can I interject? Because I was there and I heard it. And I was like, "Oh no, Matt's going to get a raging boner." <laughs> and and then I heard him and you know what? Unhurt like she was a I I was honestly I was surprised um at the at the exchange, because, you know, like, she, I thought how she are, did How are you okay. surprised, Andrea? You're like, Matt, I'm surprised you could pull someone like that. I'm surprised no, you could no, lift like, that anvil. <laughs> no, I'm not choosing violence this time. There are no burns right now. No, like, I, I was really surprised that, um, 
that he turned it down or that he gave that response. But also, like, she she was very... I mean, he makes it sound way more awkward. Like, I'm not even... I wasn't even, like... I wouldn't make fun of the lady. I thought she... I couldn't have done better myself, really, if I was trying to pick up a bike mechanic that was, like, 10 years younger than me. <laughs> I mean, it it was just like... Wait, so I she thought, was, like, 30? I thought she was... Yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah. Oh, I thought she was, like, 50 or something. Why didn't you do that? No, Matt? no. <laughs> you know, I just... It was one of the few times in my life that I was in a position... Okay, let me give let me give one other example of like the only other time in my life that this ever happened. Like there was this chick in high school and I courted her strongly. And like it he was, was one, crushing. It was one of those things where like she would have a boyfriend and then I would have a girlfriend while she was single. And then like I'd be single when she had a boyfriend and it was like back and forth, right? And then um she texts me out of the blue like I don't know, 8 years after high school or something. And she's like, I'm not sure I should go through and get married to my fiance. I'm not Dang. sure what to do. And I'm oh like, Oh my gosh, Matt, what did what did you not do? And I'm like, I know where this is going. She's doing like the Hail Mary, like before I get married booty call, because like it never happened in high school, right? So I I, I just chose to be like I don't even know the right way to word it, but like I just chose that like no, like no, it, it it's just not going to happen. And you know, each of those people probably have forgotten about that because, you know, I was a long list of you know options. And uh, for me, it's just like really funny because like I don't know, it just it's just hilarious to me. Like they were both situations that were like not very smooth in my opinion, and like very forced and it was just like nah i'm good this is like i don't know it's like shooting fish in a barrel like what's the point <laughs> like and for those of you out there that are like matt's a terrible person like no i mean i, I don't think that makes you a terrible person i think that makes you a thoughtful young man maybe i don't know i don't I even know how we got on person yeah, all how, these young ladies we... just needed you and then you were like no and then they were sad well maybe so but <laughs> Whatever. That's why they make vibrators. And today's episode is brought to you by Adam and Eve. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not. Um, no, we got onto this topic because we were talking about people being not smooth, I think. Oh, yeah. Choosing violence. That was one of the times. Those are the two times in my life that I've chosen violence. I don't. I think that's a, that's a very dramatic statement for those situations. Yeah. One of the situations I was pretty mean. The other one I wasn't. Well, we've talked about like what Kenny's been doing, which is riding his Saran and playing with a bobcat. Oh, which is the younger sister of, of the, the bike shop cougar. The bike shop cougar. There right. we go. That's We're back how on track. We got there. So, oh, so ba- man, slightly back on track. I know. Slightly back on track, even though it's not actually a bicycle, but it uses lots of bicycle parts. Uh, I just ordered a Olin's DH38 for the Saran. Can you send me pictures? Of uh, anything, sure. whatever. Just again, whoa, like whoa. stuff that pictures won't, of anything. That's stuff a... that won't get banned from Instagram. Like any pictures on your phone that are safe for the general public to look at, or legal by Instagram's terms of service. Community to look at. guidelines. Yeah. 
Kenny's just going to send 100 pictures of his vodka orange juices he's been facing lately. It can be a picture of vodka orange juice. That's fine. I put up a picture of a worn-out tire the other day, and it got like 1,200 likes. No, not that many, but you know what I mean. Uh, what else is going on, Kenny? Anything for you? That's about it over here. Okay, so uh, to do a quick catch-up, I've not... It's been two weeks since we've recorded. We took a week off because Andrea's parents came to town, but you won't notice it in posting world because Andrea's working her magic and, like, on it. So I've been riding my bike a decent amount. I did, a gosh, at least two mountain bike rides. I've been trying to shock whiz my, my mountain bike and get my YT finally dialed in. Well, we need to put that on your fork. Yeah, I know, but tomorrow. it probably won't happen before we ride tomorrow. A lot of stuff to do tomorrow. Um, anyways, um... Let's see. I've been riding my mountain bike. I did a couple of mountain bike rides, and uh, then let's see. Oh, we went to go for a ride, and I forgot my helmet, so we had to do a different ride so I could we ride. We did a it. gravel bike ride on trail bikes. Yeah, we did a gravel bike ride on trail bikes because I didn't have my helmet like an idiot. And then um, it was still fun. Like I, I had a good time, and I thought it was beautiful. So I, I don't think it was really any loss. No, but it was still just annoying. And then let's see. I've been riding my Diverge. I really like that bike. I mean, I know I say this all the time, but, like, that bike is good. I know that there's better gravel bikes out there. And when I say that, I'm just not pissing anyone off by saying this is the best gravel bike ever. Because then somebody's like, well, actually, um, the Diverge is... in the I don't want to hear all that shit. Like, it's a great bike. I know there's other great bikes out there, but that is a great bike. Um, it's like a dog. There's lots of great dogs, and your dog is also great. Like, my bike is great. Your bike can be great. Uh, I really like that bike. I have taken on a a new uh, goal, which is to be the Strava local legend on the climb to my house. I'm just I'm yeah. Just, we're Matt. Matt's trying to write a local legend check that his ass can't cash. It's just a joke. That's not what I'm actually trying to do. It it's a joke about that. Um, it's just we've got a three mile approximately. I think what seven hundred six or seven hundred foot climb from the highway to our to the house and yeah i mean it's it's nothing really like crazy or difficult but it gets to be like a million degrees in the heat of the day and it's a lot of times just you know you go out for like a long ride from the house and you still have to do that climb on the way back it it you know it toughens you up a little bit put some hair on your chest it hasn't put any hair on matt's chest yet <laughs> violence <laughs> so according to Strava it's a 763 feet climb oh cool but no what I've been trying to do is it works out really well to just leave the house go down do a very easy climb back up having some snacks and water and whatnot snack a little bit more on the way down do a good good up maybe go down like I did three the other day I did it's just one of those things where like it's really good because I'm I'm getting in some like good long pedaling and it allows me to it's a it's a shallow enough climb. Uh what is that? Will it give me a gradient on here? 5.8% like, yeah, average, average gradient. So like it's not so steep that you're just like getting kicked in the face the whole time, but it's steep enough that you can like go hard if you want to. Um so it's pretty cool. Uh it really doesn't have anything to do with the old strobers. It's just more like one of those 
neat things where it's like, oh, because I did hill repeats on it twice, I'm now the local legend. It's it's more of a joke that I took that rather than like I'm some person that's devolved into staring at my power meter and going for Strava local legend stats. So that's been pretty good. And what else is there? Uh, you know, we didn't talk about our marmot hunt. We said oh. two episodes ago we were the night before marmot season opened. And then we went we went hunting for two days. And marmot tastes terrible. I like it smoked. Matt doesn't like it. I'm not a fan of marmot. Yeah, so we did try it fried. We tried it cooked in the instant pot with, you know, some broth and stuff. But brining it and smoking it, I thought it was pretty good. Like, you know, it's not good like a smoked pork shoulder or something, but, you know, it's something I can go out and take out of the mountains instead of going to Walmart and taking it out of the refrigerator. So, you know, I I enjoyed smoked marmot. Matt did not enjoy it. So if I go out and take another marmot, I will just eat it all by myself. They're really fatty. I mean, for a wild animal, they're really fatty. They're not fatty like a pig, but uh, they have a fatty belly. And so when they're smoked, it's it's like a fat, like a pork belly, but it's marmot, so it's very small. And once it's smoked, that part kind of, I guess, like overcooks and dries out a little bit and almost makes like this bacony, jerky kind of strip of meat. And I thought that was the best part, for real, so... Uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to go and get another one so I can eat it. But anyway, we went out marmot hunting and it was, it was fun. Like we had a good time. Oh yeah, it was definitely fun. I will not make this something that turns other people off, but I like shooting guns. I think I'm halfway decent at it and marmot hunting really tests that. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I, I think it's worth repeating since maybe we have some new listeners uh, since we did a relaunch. Matt and I both hunt, and we both own guns and shoot guns, but neither one of us flies that, like, the Confederate flag or no, anything. Like, we're not, we're not that kind of gun people. I think a, a different way to word it would be that we enjoy the aspect of hunting, from looking at the wildlife situation that man and man's presence has reshaped, pushed out many apex predators, led to an abundance of prey game that it's called management for a reason. Wildlife management needs people that hunt. And without hunters, wildlife would be unmanaged, and that would result in a suffering of the entire population rather than a flourishing of a limited population that would have been kept in check by predators that man has removed from the local or the natural environment. I think that's a way to sum it up, um, to leave politics out of it. You you can't build shopping malls and have 100 acres of soybean fields and then be blown away that there's more whitetail or more mule deer because you you're, you've put an overabundant food source but there's no more wolves, there's no more bears, there's no more coyotes eating fawns. There's none of that because man has eradicated that from the world. And, you know, if if I can get on my soapbox for like two more seconds because this is something that really fires me up. 1001, 1002. You should try to listen to the Bear Grease podcast. I think that 
that person, um, Clay Newcomb, will be able to describe this much better than I can. But I think that there's a lot that we can learn, even if you don't think that hunting is right. I think there's a lot you can learn to understand how man has reshaped the environment that we all live in. That if we left the rest, because we have overchecked a portion of the wildlife, if we don't keep the rest of the wildlife managed or in check in some way, the entire population of wildlife would suffer. So we'll drop the mic on that because that's a real soapboxy and high horse to stand on, but I yeah, truly believe it. Well, and also, you know, there are definitely there are some people that don't agree with eating any meat at all. And I honestly have, I respect those people that, you know, they have made that decision and it's an entire lifestyle for them. And that's great. Like you made a decision and you're sticking to it and that's wonderful. There are also some people out there that are like, no, I don't eat animals. I eat meat from the store. And, you know, they only eat something that's very pretty and wrapped in plastic and styrofoam. And, you know, they, they're very, very disconnected from what they eat and, you know, where it comes from. And it, a lot of those people, if they went to a feedlot and a slaughterhouse, they would probably be disgusted by it. And they just, you know, they don't really think about that when they go out and get their hamburger. But, you know, that's another, that's why I like hunting. It's not just the conservation like Matt was talking about. It, it's also that, you know, you have an animal that goes out and lives in the wild and runs around and does wild animal stuff. And then all of a sudden they're on your dinner plate. And, you know, like that animal lived a much better life than your typical chicken or cow or pig or anything, you know, so any, anything from a factory farm. So, you know, that's, that's kind of like what, what I like most about hunting. I ain't got nothing. I, I told you I was getting off my soapbox. So. Oh, okay. Kenny, you can come out and eat some smoke marmot if you want to. I'm good with it. I eat all animals. No, I like, I like store-bought meat. I like guns. I like shooting animals. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, as long as you, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to hunt anything that I'm not going to eat. Like, I wouldn't just go out and just kill things. Unless, you know, if there was, if right now I heard a noise and there was a coyote digging into the chicken coop and literally, like, trying to pull chickens out of a hole in the wall, like, I would probably shoot it, and that is totally legal. And you know, once a wild animal has learned that it can that it can go and eat domestic animals, uh, you know that that's one of those things that it's like the fed bear is a dead bear thing. You know, they, they just you can't have that animal just running around. But anyway, we don't have to keep rambling about hunting. No, I think uh, yeah, we have talked about it a bunch, and I mean the cool thing is. <laughs> You can do whatever you want. You can not eat meat of any kind, and that's great. And you can eat store-bought stuff. Um, you can hunt. You can not hunt. You can own guns. You can not own guns. You can do whatever you like. Um, yeah, you can You can marry. You know, two dudes can marry each other. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. <laughs> so, like, I just, I don't know why people get so riled up about, people are so freaking bothered about what other people are doing. Like, it blows my mind. It's so basic. Like worry it about like what you're, you're doing. really bothered about what other people are doing by being bothered about other people doing what they're I'm doing. I'm bothered by people being bothered. <laughs> I'm yeah, bothered I'm bothered dumb, that you're bothered. I'm bothered by dumb people. They're everywhere. 
Yeah, there's like two of them on this fucking call, and I'm one of them. <laughs> I'll let y'all fight uh, over the other one. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, my takeaway from it is, because I've done a little bit of hunting, not a lot. I don't know. I think it gives you perspective on what it is and where stuff comes from and what it takes to have, you know, if you like meat, it shows you the process, like, through and through, so you understand a little bit more about what's going on. Yeah, I think they're... We have so many people that are so far removed from how the real world works, from just basic farming to, you know, how an animal gets on your plate. Like they just, people just don't think about it because it's so easy. So anyway, for me, it's a perspective thing. um, And it just shows you that whole process and, you know, that it takes time and energy. And I don't know, for me, it actually gives me a little bit of appreciation. I know that might sound weird, but um, yeah, that's what it does for me. Definitely. All right. What else is on the list that we got to cover? Um, so before we get into listener questions about, I mean, like our normal listener questions about bikes and mountain bikes. Uh, so my parents were in town last week and they brought from Memphis a 2021 Toyota 4Runner TRD off-road. And it's on my Instagram if you want to see it. It is at Brickhouse Racing Instagram, and it's fucking amazing. Like, I don't, I I mean, I've driven cars that nice, but I've never owned a car that nice, and I'm using a little bit of the money from selling the Subaru to make it a little bit even more off-road capable. Uh, I just put a picture of some tires up, putting some slightly larger tires on it, I'm going to do a low-profile bumper, so not like a full-on, you know, like 400-pound steel front bumper, just like a little, I don't know, it fills up like the middle third of the bumper. It doesn't, and it doesn't have like a brush guard or anything, but it will hold a winch. So a little bumper and winch, a leveling kit for the front to raise it two inches so it matches the rear, and I think that that's it. Bumper, winch, tires, sliders. Yeah, yeah, rock sliders. Rock sliders, yeah. So, you know, just to make it something that I can take most places and camp in. I'm going to go camping in it this week and next week. I have planned anyway, as long as weather and everything cooperates. But where I'm going with this is when I put the post up about getting a new truck and kind of having plans to, like, do stuff to it, um, it's been a long time. But I used to, and this is actually, I've known Kenny longer than I've known Matt because I used to run around when I was in my early 20s with the street racing crowd. And someone wanted me to talk about and tell stories from my street racing past. And I just want to say that I'm not going to do that because, for one, I drove like a fucking asshole. I had a Honda Del Sol. I put nitrous in it, put like a nice suspension in it. I did shit that could have killed innocent people. And I don't think that I should really like celebrate that. It was just a time of my life where I was, yeah, I've always been kind of an adrenaline junkie. So, you know, that was just satisfying that need at the time. And socially, and I don't know if this is Kenny's experience because, you know, he kind of ran with, there were definitely like clicks in the street racing crowd. 
and he he was in a different one than I was. And it was a very toxic male culture where, you know, basically women are referred to as seat covers if they're pretty. And if they're not pretty, they're referred to as dykes or just fatties or ugly or whatever. Like, you know, women's worth is based on their their looks. And I tried really hard to fit into that. And it was a time where I was, you know, I, I wasn't really happy with what I was doing deep down because it wasn't really me. And I just, none of it is worth rehashing and celebrating. So no Fast and Furious stories for sure. I don't know if Kenny has any that he wants to talk about, but I'm really just not into it. Yeah, I mean, we basically did a lot of dumb shit. Um, I learned a lot, like, you know, car-wise and all that kind of stuff. But for sure, not it was not the best crowd. I met some pretty cool people, but, you know, it was kind of a 1 out of 10 situation. Um, you know, where 1 out of 10 of the people were people I would, like, want to continue talking or hanging out with, so... Yeah, I don't know. It, it was, and I, I'm guessing at the time, like I, I probably like, if I had, if I'd really like met and hung out with Kenny, like I might have not even wanted to like talk to him again in the future. I don't know. I don't know if Kenny was an asshole then or not. No, I don't think I've ever been an asshole to people in public. <laughs> um, I just mean, I just kind of, I just did my own thing. Like I wasn't. Yeah, I was more there for like the entertainment of like being a young kid and you know, hanging out with other people, you know, it was the, it was the intro to car things. It was this like freedom of like, you know, doing stuff that, you know, is not, (laughs) is not legal, but was a lot of fun. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I never personally had any, like, I didn't, I did plenty of drag racing, um, you know, both on the motorcycle and the, uh, and in many cars, but I never got into any sketchy situations i was still i was still even though i was young and dumb i think i i want to think i had a pretty decently level head um you know like if some setup looked sketchy i'd be like nope um yeah yeah, i got into like racing racing people on the highway and it was yeah i never really was into that i mean outside of like uh go ahead oh I, i was in a situation once where someone wrecked while while we were racing and that was like one of those kind of wake up calls where it was like, ah, you know, that person, like he, he definitely, it could have been either one of us that wrecked like that. And, you know, I just, and it, he could have like taken out other cars and other people while in the process. And that was kind of one of the times when I was like, maybe I shouldn't do that again. For me, it wasn't really about the racing or any kind of like, prestige or any of that garbage for me it was really about the cars like that's what i liked about it truly it was the seeing what other people had and you know watching somebody you know like guesstimate what a car would run and you know that kind of stuff that's what was fun to me i I really didn't care about yeah i didn't care about the actual racing and I, i wasn't the guy that was like ripping around on the interstate um, don't get me wrong, I would absolutely do a red light drag race, but not if there's like a ton of stuff around or some sketchy situation. Like if it was just an open road at 1 a.m. and it was like you and the next guy, um, you know, I would do that. 
but that's that's about it. Other than that, it would be at those like venues that we would go to. Still highly illegal, uh, and still not smart. But you know, it was you were in the industrial district <laughs> late at night. There was not like some random person driving through there. So anyway, not trying to justify it, but uh, yeah. So I don't have any awesome stories. It was just yeah, it was a car thing for me. That's really what it was about. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely like I I really liked the car part of it and learning all of that stuff. And I feel like if I was and I I am kind of like in that situation now though. It's not, you know, trying to make a car fast drag racing. It's going to be, you know, doing some like light suspension upgrades and installing a bumper and that kind of stuff, you know. Like stuff I'm going to have to like kind of relearn suspension parts and whatnot. But along with that, like I really wanted to learn that stuff and I was really interested in it just how I am now. But at the same time, I was, you know, very socially trying to fit in and be like one of the hot chicks, you know. So it was like that was the part about it that hot really... Hot girl shit. Yeah, I was trying to do hot girl shit with like grease under my fingernails. And, you know, it was a very conflicting time, conflicted time for me. So... Yeah, I I just I'm not gonna get into to uh to it more than that. Yeah, I mean it was most of those people were pretty douchey. I didn't that's why I didn't hang out with most of those folks. Like I just didn't really care. I did my own thing with my own group of like close friends and that was about it. Yeah. I think I hung out with the looking back, I probably was in the group of the douchiest of douchebags. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, you learn how to spot them better that way. In the douchey is a deuce bag, so we want to talk about the Phaserworks Basler Stab Carbon Handlebar. Damn, that's, that's, I haven't seen that. It's zero degree. It's a one-piece bar stem combo that supposedly has a zero-degree reach on the stem. What? I don't understand. Reach? How is that any different than the Synchros Bar? It's much shorter. Yeah, the Synchros Bar actually has like a length to the stem. It's got some forward on it, you know? Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, it's a short carbon bar stem combo. I I don't understand why that's a big deal. Is that supposed to because be a big deal? Am I missing something? It, it's a you big can ride deal a bigger bike because they say it's a big deal. Ah. Oh no, thirty-five and fifty effective stem length. Sorry, the. No. See, I want I want a road bar that's that because then you could actually like when someone comes into the bike shop and they're like. I want to turn my mountain bike into a drop bar bike. And you're like, bro, you got to like subtract 70 millimeters of reach or 80 millimeters of reach from there somewhere. And if you could make a road bar that was just like that, where it was just barely any stem, like a direct mount road bar type of thing, you could actually do that for people. And you could do it right. Like there are a lot of people that just slap a fucking drop bar on their mountain bike with like the, a size, the same size stem or a slightly s- smaller stem, and they ride around with their hands on the tops all the time because they can't reach their fucking brakes. Not your problem. Yeah, I know, but I, I want that type of thing. Uh, and actually, one time I like bothered Steve Domahitty about it. I was like, can you just make this? Because it would be cool to have a drop bar conversion handlebar. I need to give it a name in case SRAM ever makes one or Zip makes one. I just call it a direct mount road bar, direct mount drop bar. Just slap it on your steer tube, and it would have some. The DMDB. Uh, yeah, and it would have 
You know, like now you can get uh, little like wedges and stuff to change your angle of your one piece bar stem combos. It would do something like that. Like you have some little wedges you could put in there to change the angle of it a little bit to account for different steer tube angles or head tube angles. But yeah, that that's like what I dream about is the direct mount drop bar. I thought you dreamed about really insane stuff like weird tattoos and whatnot. I do dream about that too. Okay. Um, okay, so do we want to talk about like some listener questions or maybe some bike shit instead of just rambling yeah. about chicks that tried hitting on me and street racing? Sure. I've got one question from Patreon, and then we have several from our... Oh, I have a couple. I need to pull those open now. Can I, can I do this one while you do that? Well, we can't do them at the same time. Okay. This is from the real Matthew Gardner. Hey, Andrea, got another question. Uh, he was he was the one who asked the recon tire question last week. Uh, sorry to be so annoying, Matthew. You are not annoying. You give us money every month, so it doesn't make you not annoying. <laughs> you can give us money and be <laughs> anno- really annoying. So <laughs> that's true. But no, Matthew, you are not being annoying at all. You all always have the best answers. Well, that's very nice. Was wondering what kind of water filter system y'all use. I was looking at something small enough to fit in my pack, but still able to filter enough water to refill my bottles multiple times on a long ride. Any suggestions would be much appreciated. Go for it. Let's rapid fire this. Yep. Uh, um, so I, I use, like for I use the municipal water system. It's amazing. If I went outside and had to live <laughs> uh, right now, I would probably die. <laughs> okay. You would just boil water then. Um, so if no, you had I would to, probably if you had to treat just, water yourself, I would find the lowest most point of water that was very stagnant, and I would drink that, and then get diphtheria. So all right, or giardia or something. Would you just be like doing suicide by diarrhea? Is that what you'd be going for? <laughs> yeah, diarrhea kills more people than COVID. By the way. Well, yeah, <laughs> diarrhea is really bad for you. Especially, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Horse dewormer will give you diarrhea. The the point is is that there's a, a lot of people throughout the world that don't have access to clean drinking water, and diarrhea kills a lot of them. That was the joke there. That's a terrible thing to joke about. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. So uh, rapid fire, I'm going to give you a real answer. Uh, Sawyer Squeeze, I'll tell you why. You can buy them at Walmart. Why does Walmart matter? Because that means you can get them everywhere. Anytime you need a new Sawyer squeeze, you know what you do? You spike that son of a bitch into the trash, and you pick up a new one from Walmart. And you don't need new ones very often because they last a very long time. So, with that said, you could get something really bougie, like an MSR filter, and then when you get a replacement cartridge for it, you could buy a replacement cartridge, or you could buy two Sawyer squeezes. Right. But I was going to say, that is what I use. I like the MSR trail shot, but... When the flow on that starts, you have to back wash it almost every time you use it. Especially if, if you use it, uh, it doesn't matter how clean it is. If you use it in some kind of dirty, murky water, you have to clean it immediately. It it does not, it, it's much easier to clog up than a Sawyer filter, but it is much quicker and it's way easier to fill bike water bottles. So I use that only on bike trips. If I'm doing hiking or hunting or whatnot, I use the Sawyer Squeeze on just a smart water bottle. 
And I like that because I can just dunk the bottle in any cleanish water source and screw the Sawyer filter on top and just drink out of it like a kind of a high resistance water bottle. And I like that. Uh, but it doesn't work with bike water bottles. So you have to have something to put water in and then squeeze through the Sawyer filter. So it's a little less convenient, even though it does last a lot longer and doesn't clog up as easily. Uh, but yeah, the MSR trail shot is really good. If I'm doing a long trip, I will take a like an overnight trip, not just like a am going in the backcountry for today. If I'm doing an overnight trip, I will usually carry a spare filter with me. They are very small and very light, um, but that MSR trail shot, even though it is wonderful and it's very fast and very easy to use, when the filter starts to go, it goes real fast. Like it'll slow down a little bit for one fill up and the next fill up, it will be just like a trickle. So, you know, that's the one downfall to it. Uh, it's a pretty big downfall, but if you carry a spare filter, it's not a big issue. And like I said, the filters are very, very light. So they're not a big deal to carry an extra. Let me jump in because I did make a, uh, I misspoke. So it looks like the Sawyer Squeeze is a product that I don't own. Is that the one that's like an inline filter? The Sawyer Squeeze is some, uh, and I'm not familiar, I'm getting it pulled up so I can be a little more. It's a, I wish I had a picture of it like in action. I don't know how it works, um, but the, the, the one that I have is called the Sawyer Mini. And the mini works really well. Yeah, that's the one that I use that I put just on a smart water bottle if I'm hiking. Now, I will say this. They have another system that I will be buying called the Sawyer Gravity. And I will buy one of those before I ever go bikepacking again. The beauty of that is, is it's a, it looks like you could use Sawyer, Squee or Sawyer Mini by day and then fill it up. And overnight, you could have it, it running to, or like while you're doing camp stuff, you could have it running and just like passively filtering water by gravity, which would be really time saving and really good. So just keep that in mind. But it sounds like you want something light and agile. So you want that Sawyer Mini. Yeah. The Sawyer Mini, if you don't mind carrying something, you have to like a little, it comes with a little, like a plastic pouch. That's where I got the squeeze. It yeah. says squeeze water filtration system. On yeah. That. that pouch is a pain in the ass to fill up like a big pain in the ass to fill up. Like if you're trying to fill bottles or fill a camelback or something, that pouch is a motherfucker. I would say it's only a motherfucker after you've used an MSR and you understand that like, instead of having to carry gallons of water for that ride, your filtering water is just taking a little bit longer than if you had used a, a Sawyer squeeze or a, a MSR trail shot or whatever. Sure. So, with that said, we do have uh, other questions. Um, who is this? This is from Legs. <laughs> legs? Lame as Legs. Okay, is that it? Because we got, I think we had like one or two that had some really good... Uh... Oh, shit. It shows their real email here, so I know who this is. Uh, so Legs says, I'm going full Mohawk. Oh, Andrea, Mohawk. And converting my hardtail mountain bike into a Salida gravel grinder. I currently have a negative 10, 110 Thompson stem. That was spec'd on the bike. Custom build so a professional fit was included in the purchase. When converting to a drop bar, what do I need to take into account when considering bar reach, stem length, stack height, etc.? Oh, so, I just lightly talked about this. 
Yeah, I mean, let's just brush over it. Uh, you got my number, so let's talk about it like this. I think what you should really do is, uh, if your foundry was comfortable, because I know that you had a foundry overland, if that bike was comfortable, what you should do is dig up the geometry chart for that bike and then compare the stack and reach on your personal uh, 7 and then figure out, well, we won't know the stack and reach of the 7 because it's, you know, custom. But the Overland is like a proper gravel bike. You should then, like, figure out how much you're going to have to do differently. I mean, you're already running a pretty long stem. so Yeah, that is a good thing about his current setup. Yeah, one thing to consider is you're going to have a, you know, most road bars are about 80 millimeter reach, so... The Zip Explore Bar is 70 millimeters reach and is wonderful shape, so just in case. Sure, but most road bars are about 80. Right. So that doesn't mean that you need to delete 80 millimeters out of your stem. It just means that you got to take that into account. So it, it's pretty difficult to just like give a blanket answer, but... You could probably make it work. If your current bike is... A 110. A 110 stem. You can probably make it work just by shortening the stem. And, you know, just make sure you get a drop bar that is one of the compact versions. It's going to be like a 70 or 80. But, yeah, like, talk to talk to Matt off air. You got his number. Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> just start tape measuring a bunch of shit and thinking about it real hard. Um, yeah, I think looking at the... Uh, you can definitely measure, like, with a level and a tape measure and a friend. You can measure the reach on your mountain bike. So measure the reach on your mountain bike and then look at the geometry chart for the foundry that you have and look at the reach on that and just do the math for, like, the delta between the two. Yeah. So um, that was one question we had. Do we want to do another one? Oh, this one's for Kenny. Chris says... Kenny, you mentioned on episode four the big five bike brands. I'm racking my brain trying to figure out the last two. Giant, Specialized, Trek. And then he says, maybe Cannondale and Scott? Yes. Cool. And I guess for Chris's defense, in my opinion, I believe there's the big three. I don't consider Cannondale and Scott, like, big. So, I mean, I understand they are, but maybe not so much in America. Does that make sense? I think that's accurate. I mean, for, for us, the big three makes a lot of sense, and that is Trek Specialized and Giant. Uh, but, you know, Cannondale and Scott's are pretty much everywhere. So, yeah, obviously you can argue that all oh, kinds of different sure. ways. The reason I say that those are the big five is because they all make uh, top-to-bottom range. They have, well, they don't really exist anymore, but $500 bikes to $10,000 bikes. They make kids' bikes. They make full suspension bikes, hardtails, road bikes, you name it. They have a full product range. So I think uh, a way that I described this the other day is they make kids' bikes to Tour de France bikes, downhill bikes, and everything in between. Like, that literally encompasses everything. And you're right. That's a good way to think about it. I've never approached it that way. Um, do we want to <laughs> knock out uh, Shrumple's question? Shrumple says, hey, welcome back. Just listen to the episode where you mentioned being less than confident using your moto's rear brake. Just a quick thought. I've been a pedal mountain biker forever. Yep, I'm that old. But I got into enduro motos about 15 years ago. I ride a big KTM enduro today. 
I've been there with spazzy rear braking, and the game changer for me was installing a recluse auto clutch. Got that. And putting in the recluse completely removed the issue of stalling my bike a thousand times a ride. But a bigger, better side effect is the ability to move your rear brake to the bars, referred to as left-hand rear brake. Now, sketchy descents are way more mountain bikey, and I'm a thousand percent more confident than when fishing for that rear pedal. So there's less brain lock. I flopped my mountain bike brakes to the same configuration years ago. Took a while to get used to the left-hand rear, but now it's second nature. Anyways, if you didn't know, it's something to think about. Yeah, so yeah, that, that, uh, that there's a company good. from Salt Lake City that actually makes those things. Um, yeah, and they are really good. That's good advice uh, for me. I mean, I'm probably not going to do much more gas bike stuff, to be honest. The electric stuff is just so good. Uh, I'm just on board for that. And now that I've got way more experience on the Suron, and then my uh, a, an acquaintance of mine got a KTM uh, free ride, and they're set up that way from the factory. Just we'll call it moto brake style, but yeah, left hand is the rear brake, and yeah, it's amazing. I put a big fat trp 223 rotor on the back of mine with saint brake pads and it is unreal like i can just zero fear whatsoever descending on that thing now and it's amazing so yeah no appreciate the advice and that's exactly what i'm doing is running the lever stuff but yeah big heavy not very well suspended dirt bikes with uh just a pedal rear brake they really suck on techie stuff are you going to then swap the brake position on your mountain bike. No, because uh, I like wheelies, and I, I guess I could swap the mountain bike, right? But I, on the moto, I'm so used to. Even though I was never amazing at riding moto, I'm very used to when I get on a motorcycle, from street bikes to all the other things, that that front brake is on the right. So I wouldn't want to change that. I would never go mountain bike style on my dirt bike. But also, I'm so used to riding mountain bikes with traditional brakes. My brain just kind of wraps around it very quickly. Um, It hasn't been a problem. I've been very surprised that it's not been a problem at all. Because the second I start trail riding, it's just so techy out here. I'm already on that rear brake like instantly. And I just am so used to it being in the left hand now. So it's not a problem for me. I'll leave them alone. And I don't want to change it because I like wheelies on the motorcycle. And you can't have the brake lever at the throttle it won't work cool that's a that's a good idea i wouldn't mind doing that to my dirt bike though i don't i haven't ridden it much but i think that would make me more likely to want to ride it you should definitely do that uh there's a company here i can't remember the name right now one of my buddies does some work for them but they use magura parts like a magura lever and then a special master cylinder and it basically just uh it goes down to where your existing foot brake is and you leave your foot brake, but it just adds like a little section in between. So the lever pushes through and will push the actuator. And so you can use your regular foot lever, or if you pull uh, the hydraulic lever at your bar, then it, uh, it pushes up on your existing master cylinder uh, that's at the foot brake and it works really good. That's cool. Is it expensive? Nah, they're like a hundred bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. Should I do that? Let me see if I can figure out the name of it. All right. Do you have some questions? Uh, yeah, I've got one. Uh, Oxbreak OX. Okay. So this is an email from Maddox 
enormous. My ducks. Mad- Maddox. Maddox. My Maddox. dick's enormous. Yeah. God. Amazing. I think this might be for Kenny. Since formula brakes are Italian, can I run olive oil instead of mineral oil? Absolutely. But they run dot fluids, so that wouldn't be a good idea. Have you tried anything other than dot 5.1 for what? Yeah, like yellow dot fluid, not purple or mineral oil. Have you ever put anything that you're not supposed to into a break on purpose? Yeah, I mean, we did. Andrea, actually, when we were at the shop, we did that one hybrid break. Who knows if that would last a long time? And I'm sure it won't. I hear from both sides that over time, the, the seals will have issues. Um, I thought it was going to be only one-sided, like, you know, Dot would eat the mineral ones or vice versa, whatever. But apparently it's it's obviously problematic both ways. Uh, yes, I have. Somebody lost a Shimano brake on the trail one day. This was many years ago. This was Memphis. And we put water in there, and it worked great. <laughs> Wait, how did you get water into the brake while you were on the trail? Just pump, well, it was the old reservoir style, probably right. Where yeah, you old, the yeah. Lid old off reservoir. And water in. Pop oh the top water bottle. Pop it in there. Work great. Man, and I wonder if it would be better if you used Gatorade or. You I'm know, pretty something. sure that when the sugar and Gatorade cooked, you would just die. <laughs> would, uh, just would that have like... been an M775 break? Is that right? Yeah, M775. I think Hell it was yeah. a seven seven fifty five or seven sixty five. Okay, but 775 was like the last of that, and then 785 was like the new style. My yeah, God, I'm looking remember, at a picture of those. I don't now, remember which one's so ugly. The last one was that radio master cylinder. God, that's so bad looking. <laughs> They're so big. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other questions? There's one. I think it's a little bit of a joke, but I think it's a very common question that we've talked about in the past, but maybe worth uh, reviewing. This is from Ben Wellnack of Mountain Bike Radio. Wants to know. I've been looking for a used bike on eBay, full suspension. My budget is $2,000. What should I buy? A hardtail. You should buy <laughs> a black or green El Mariachi steel hardtail. <laughs> is that what he had before? Like He had a green one and he crashed it and bent it. And then he bought a black one used and he like rode the shit out of that for like the rest of time probably like at some point i assume that he's gonna have an elmar that's like mostly gas pipe that's been welded back in because he's like oh it's fine (laughs) yeah you just use it when there's snow on the road yeah i mean don't don't buy a used two thousand dollar full suspension bike is what we're saying and it's not because we're bike snobs it's because a used full suspension bike that costs two thousand dollars is going to be so clapped out that you're going to replace a thousand dollars worth of parts on it to make it run right. So, yeah, get a hardtail. You can get a decent used hardtail for two thousand. You can get a really good used hardtail for two thousand dollars. You can get a decent hardtail new for two thousand dollars. Kenny, what do the uh, big three have to offer in the two thousand dollar range for a hardtail? In stock? Not shit. <laughs> surprise, shouty. Like, the surprise would be the 2023 delivery date. Yeah, they got a lot of nice stuff. I mean, you would be able to get maybe a carbon frame and junk parts, but most likely a super ball or aluminum. 
$2,000 even is kind of a weird price point for a hardtail, unfortunately. Yeah, because I'd say around 15 is where you get an air sprung fork and tubeless wheels. Man, no, Kona was doing that at 1300 That Kahuna slapped. Yeah, so 13 to 1500 like that area, you're going to get like the minimum for just really good, just general mountain biking. You know, so tubeless wheels and tires, an air sprung fork, probably a, you know, like an off brand, like a house brand dropper post. You know, you're going to be pretty set with that. You know, a normal sized handlebar and stem, you know, you're not going to get like a little skinny, whatever. I don't even know the size of the old handlebars anymore. 31 8. No, not 30. 25.4? Yeah, yeah. That's no, that doesn't, that, that comes on like $500 hardtails. They well, don't even yeah, do that's that what anymore. I'm saying. Because like, you get a real bar and stem. You don't get the little scrawny stuff that you're never going to find parts for. Yeah, I mean, Specialized has a chisel at $1,900. You get alloy frame. I don't know if it'll tell me the fork. Uh, you get tubeless ready 25 mil internal wheels with a Judy Gold. Like, it's not going to get better than that for two grand. Yep. So. So that's all of our questions that we got. Well, I think that since we've been recording for uh, an hour and five minutes, then we should stop. Sure. Is anyone in opposition to that? No. Nope. Shut her down. You heard it from the man himself. With that, goodbye. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. Shit coming out of your great pads.